Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. Welcome to the CEO Roundtable. It is December 14th, 2023, and I'm honored to be here and to be associated with all of you. Thank you so much for joining. I'd love to do a quick round robin of who you are, just so that each of you knows the other. As you may recall, I'm an analyst that covers legal. I always say that I produce content that connects companies and individuals with their clients. I'm Sherelle Askins. I'm the CEO of Latera. Latera is a leading provider of software tools that help lawyers, partners, and other legal professionals focus on their craft. I'm Eva Kreiler. I'm CEO at JD Supra. We provide content marketing and business intelligence derived from the consumption of that content to the legal and related industries. And I'm Debbie Foster, CEO of Affinity Consulting. We work with law firms of all sizes on business transformation and digital transformation, helping them get their work done more efficiently. I'm Josh Blondie. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Unicorp. It provides legal data as a service for real-time access to court dockets and analytics through our APIs. I'm Anna McCray, and I'm a co-founder of Pacer Pro. Pacer Pro is essentially a data play where we focus is enterprise data for large law firms in the court filing space. Eric Thurston with SharePoint. We offer practice management solutions for mid-sized law firms, so both the practice management and accounting side. My name is Rudy DeFelice. I'm the uh, co-founder and CEO of KP Labs. We serve what we like to think of as the most innovative corporate legal departments in the world, and we essentially help them on their digital transformation journey. Our lane is really focused on workflow automation and AI-based contract intelligence. I am Nicole Clark. I'm CEO co-founder of Trellis. Trellis is a state trial court data and analytics company. I'm Early Stevens, CEO of Action Step. We're a cloud-native practice management and financial platform for law firms, mostly mid-sized. And I'm Kelly Griswold. I'm the CEO of ONA. And ONA works with corporate legal and IT departments to manage unstructured data. So we connect to your cloud-based content communication collaboration apps like Slack or Zoom or Google. And we help take all that unstructured data and we use AI to transform it into structured data. And ultimately that's used for litigation, investigations, a number of e-discovery use cases and moving into more and more AI powered workflows, which has been very exciting. My name is Daniel Lewis. I lead LegalOn in the United States. We also operate in Japan and we're a company that provides AI contract review to help primarily in-house legal teams do pre-signature contract review. Josh Baxter, CEO of NetDocuments. You know, our roots are being the leading content management platform for the legal industry in the cloud. And we've evolved past that to be able to help them do a wide range of their work activities across the document lifecycle. Matt Sunderman, CEO of Harbor. My name is Julie Lewis. I'm president and CEO of Digital Mountain. We're a digital forensics, e-discovery, and cybersecurity company on a global basis. Where have you seen an opportunity this year? And so our focus is really about how do we help our firms get the most out of the technology they already own and that they're purchasing? And how do we stick with them longer than just, we built it out, we trained you, we checked the box that it's implemented, and then we walk away. Every day is seeing a Gen A article in AI washing. Every company that has leased a computer is now an AI company. 
But one of the things that's done is it's kind of oxygenated the whole space around technology and innovation. So we're finding that clients that had things that were on the back shelf, projects that we suggested that they couldn't do, now all of a sudden they have um, institutional latitude to go do those kinds of things. So maybe they want to do some bill review process or some, um, I don't know, council related, you know, fee thing or something. And before they couldn't do it, they didn't have the budget. It wasn't important enough, but now their executive committees are coming to them and saying, we want you to do something around gen AI and innovation. And we're able to kind of just revisit all those kinds of things. So I just offer that as a thought for anybody on the call. If there's something that was kind of stalled, there might be a good opportunity to revive some of those things. It's not always more technology that is the solution. The gen AI, there's questions about, is the industry ready? What it's certainly doing is creating a space for conversations and openness, and I think opportunity for us to all to start projects to get some of the necessary change to happen. We've spent 10 years building a data machine, and now there are more companies that are interested in the enterprise-level data as they're trying to use Gen AI for whatever their projects are. In our own surveys and in other survey data, just an incredible amount of optimism and excitement from lawyers themselves, which feels very different from behaviors of the last 10 years. The level of excitement of lawyers and learning more about AI and taking advantage of it is markedly different than I've ever seen in, in my time in the space. And I guess to be the full-throated booster of Gen AI, I'm incredibly excited about the opportunities of it. I think the change that we're going to see over the next 10 years is so much more than the change we saw in the last 10 years in legal technology. Not only is there a ton of excitement, but it seems as a lot of ideas are bubbling up at the firms and there seems to be a plethora of ideas as to how to leverage Gen AI. So whether it's within an existing product that we have that can accelerate a new feature even faster. We did that with one of our products, Kira, but even generating new product, which is coming from customer feedback and their pain points. And they just, there's a ton of creativity around it, which is really what led us to what we're calling Project Dragon, which is a deal point extraction solution that we'll be launching here shortly. I think that right now the industry is kind of caught up and they've got a hammer and that hammer is AI and AI is going to solve every problem. The problems we've been solving remain problems in this industry and we need to stay focused on delivering on that value proposition for our customers while bringing some of these AI solutions together with our existing solutions. You know, oftentimes what is going to happen is people will look around and they'll say, oh, I've got this new AI thing that I can bring in. But the best way to do it is to bring it into the applications that our users are accustomed to using and insert it right into their workflow in ways that it becomes incredibly easy to adopt. And then in addition to that, for the first time, lawyers are coming to IT and coming to the business and saying, hey, we could use AI for this. Or we could use AI for that. And the black box methodology of a vendor provides an application, but that application is fixed, I think is going to be problematic in the medium term because it will solve the problem 80% and 80% is just insufficient. So giving firms the flexibility to customize and modify those applications and tie them so closely to the work that they're already doing, I think is going to be an important part of the journey that we head into in the coming year. For the first time in these firms, they're seeing just the wave of AI and they realize, wow, I've got decades of technical and operational atrophy. 
And now I know I have to get that taken care of so that I can survive. And I do see that as a big opportunity. The conversations are different. We've seen some really cool use cases. We call it intuitive automation. It's really getting all the intellectual brilliance of your firm out and codifying it in a solution so that it can run automatically. We have an insurance defense customer who's done some amazing things that have just transformed his relationships with his insurance carriers because they're now a new level of transparency. They're improving outcomes because they're using data analytics based on outcomes and sort of decisions they make during these cases. We saw the opportunity with Gen AI. I would venture to guess that the legal technology industry over the last decade has probably processed and structured more unstructured data than any other industry. That's a massive advantage. So when ChatGPT hit the scenes and we saw this coming, we recognized this is gonna be a major tipping point for the legal technology industry specifically. So the tact that we took is I said, we're gonna build it for ourselves first. So we're gonna use our own technology and we're going to build out an experience. And so what we did is we took all of our public proprietary content. So like all hands recordings on Zoom and our help center channels and our documentation and our confluence pages that talk about you know our discounting policies and all of the things that everybody can see but nobody can find. And we put that into a workspace in Ona and the way that the technology works is that it live connects it. So it's always up to date. We've seen this massive shift in data as an asset for firms before it was an end product. Today, firms are looking at data as really one of their ever-increasing core assets. And what's possible with it with Gen AI, large language models, makes things that weren't possible two or three years ago to be easy to implement. The other thing is, as data becomes a core asset of a firm, to be able to merge internal and external data. Typically, firms have been looking at data as work product that they produce internally, and there's this vast array now of data that could be understood, comprehended, and used in firms. And I think that's a dramatic shift in where we were even five years ago, where firms didn't look at their technology stack. Their enterprise data strategy wasn't really something at the forefront of what they were doing. Any thoughts on what people are concerned about, address, or overcome, or somehow contemplate in 2024? One of the concerns that we do hear a lot, we're trying to help solve that too, is the education when it comes to AI. Like what's really possible? There's buzz versus reality on what AI tools can do. We think it's super exciting. Obviously, there's great technology out there, but there's also lots of information. I was on a call with an MLA 200 firm and people I was talking to were saying, you know what, I've got to educate my GC on AI because he or she's limiting my usage of it. The industry is facing this competition between FUD and FOMO. People are really worried about pricing. How am I going to continue to be paid for the value that I generate when it takes one-tenth of as much time? But at the same time, all of our customers recognize that to be competitive over the next three years, five years, generative AI is going to be a meaningful part of the future of the legal professional services industry. And there will come a time where not only are clients not saying don't use it, but they will expect our customers to be using generative AI to deliver a work product to them. And so education, that's going to be an important part of our journey because 2023 was the year of hype for, for generative AI in the legal industry. And there's real risk that 2024 could turn into the year of disillusionment with generative AI if we don't help our customers understand how they can 
start to use these technologies and start to test them and play with them, start to answer some of the questions that they're asking so that they can be prepared for 2025 and beyond. If we don't focus on the outcomes it generates, then we're going to fall into that trap of disillusionment. If we keep talking about generative AI and we have a capabilities-led conversation, then I think that that leads to just a lot of discussion without a lot of meaning or value. If we can tie the use of these capabilities to use cases and outcomes that deliver tangible results and value, then we're going to be able to break through and do some pretty amazing things. The last thing we want is solution chasing a problem with Gen AI because we're so enthralled about the capabilities of what it can do. It's about really solving core problems that we have and using that technology to do it. There's the firm overtly using AI and then us using AI in products that make their life better or that improve the products from our perspective on the data side, being able to use AI to do data analysis for our clients because there are people that want to derive conclusions from information, but just looking at the data, there are only certain people that are capable of really analyzing that and drawing conclusions. So being able to integrate AI into our products is a seamless thing that doesn't really require the client to do anything. Part of our job this year is going to be getting folks from generative AI data to actual work product out of that. How do we help them create those prompts, ship them, make them, knowing what we know about the data, about how to give context, and then get them to the output is going to be helpful this year while we're educating folks on the types of prompts that are going to be necessary. There's a dark side and a lot of collaboration software environments are using generative AI. And I think from a marketing standpoint, you're going to see explosion and spam like we've never seen in our lifetime. For e-discovery, what that means is explosion of junk email versus real email or messaging. You're going to see more phishing that you can't tell the difference. Was this a bot? Was this real? That's very customized by these technologies. You know, we're going to need better mechanisms to screen our emails for the data explosion that we're going to experience. Any thoughts on the skills either of others or skills required of you as a leader in this space going forward? There's so much opportunity with AI, but there's also a great opportunity for disillusionment. I think clear communication ability is going to be more important than ever because that's how you're able to educate people about what you can and can't do and make sure that there's alignment on projects. One of the biggest challenges our clients are going to have that we're going to have to help them solve is all around the bar associations getting involved in how they bill for the work that they do, where they've used generative AI tools. And the smaller the firm, the harder this is because they don't have the same resources that the larger firms have to put these guardrails mm. up around how their lawyers should be using AI and how to educate people and how to train them, what are the right skill sets that they need. While a larger firm has to do it across a larger scale, it doesn't require significantly less work to build out the process in a smaller firm. And the larger firms have the ability to build out those processes and the smaller firms struggle with that. I really think that the way we're seeing the bar associations getting involved in AI, how lawyers use it and how they bill for it is going to create an incredible amount of confusion and fear and hesitancy on using tools that can really make their jobs easier. And I think we need to figure out how to get in front of that. Lawyers, whether it's in-house or in small practices, and maybe to some extent even in large practices, do need to be thinking a lot more proactively about 
how technology lays a foundation for the work that they do on top of it. And I do see that changing in in-house teams where somebody new to a GC role building at a growing company is now, I think, proactively thinking a lot more about how do they bring technology in that supports a team to scale in a more efficient way. CAB provides trusted content from solo right up to AMLO 100 firms. AI in itself is creating a huge amount of ambiguity and case law and mismatch of regulation. And what they're saying is we need to be able to rely on content that we don't have to second guess or we don't have to research or double check three or four times. And what we need is another level of depth. So for us, the use of large language models allows us to enrich the content that we have in the back end, speed up our content operations, and really allows us to be more responsive. Any thoughts on where you see things headed? We see less economic uncertainty. I think it'll be a good year with continued positive growth for us. For our business, how do we manage talent better? How do we continue to create culture? Because, you know, we're growing organically. We're growing via M&A. How do you find some of those really key skill sets? Because as we try and build AI into our solutions, for example, we want to make sure we're bringing proven solutions to market that are insightful. We're kind of in that mid-tier. So, you know, our customers may not have the resources that others do. And so how can we have the right technologists on our side to continue to build those capabilities into the solution, offering very consistent execution of the solutions we have, but that level of innovation going into it moving forward. We've done the analysis of how much of our solutions our customers aren't using, so let's help them do that. And then as we continue, we're starting to pilot some AI capabilities within them, leverage that into the broader customer base that we have. So we're optimistic for 2024 and looking forward to wrapping up this year and getting started on it. As firms are using AI more and it makes it easier for them to create content, then that's more content for us to publish. We've integrated AI into our platform to recommend to firms based on the content that they have produced, what a follow-up article would be good and how to frame it and educating on the framing so that the content is better. The more content we have, the more data we have around the content and can use that to help guide our clients. 2024. It's such an opportunity for us to help our customers continue to modernize their technology stack so that as these generative AI solutions start to mature and reach real market viability, that they've got a foundation that they can build on. And then as we start to deliver truly exceptional generative AI solutions, they can embrace those technologies and really improve on the work that they provide to their clients. And ultimately, I think both quality and productivity will improve for the entire industry as a result. What a privilege. Thank you so much for trusting me with your time like this. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Ari. Thanks, everybody. Happy holidays. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.